The Mystical City of God, The Incarnation Book 3, Chapter 14 The Venerable Sister Mary of Jesus of Agreda, describes the attention and care, which the Blessed Virgin Mary bestowed upon the fruit of her womb, and some happenings in regard to it. 180. As soon as Our Lady and Queen issued from the trance, in which she had conceived the Eternal Incarnate Word, she prostrated herself upon the earth and adored Him in her womb, as I have already said in the twelfth chapter, number 152. This adoration she continued all her life, commencing it at midnight every day and repeating these genuflections three hundred times, until the same hour of the following night, and more often whenever she had opportunity. In this she was even more diligent during the nine months of her divine pregnancy. In order to comply entirely with the new duties consequent upon the guarding of this treasure of the Eternal Father in the virginal bridal chamber, she directed all her attention toward frequent and fervent prayer. She was solicitous in sending up many and reiterated petitions to be able worthily to preserve the heavenly treasure confided to her. Accordingly she dedicated anew to the Lord her soul and all her faculties, practicing all virtues in a heroic and supreme degree, so that she caused new astonishment in the angels. She also consecrated and offered up all the motions of her body to the worship and service of the infant God-man within her. Whether she ate, slept, labored or rested, she did it all for the nourishment and conservation of her sweetest son, and in all these actions she was inflamed more and more with divine love. 181. On the day following the Incarnation, the thousand guardian angels which attended upon Most Holy Mary, appeared in corporeal form and with profound humility adored their incarnate King in the womb of the Mother. Her also they acknowledged anew as their Queen and Mistress and rendered her due homage and reverence saying, Now O Lady, you are the true Ark of the Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 10 5. Since you contain the lawgiver himself and preserve the manner of heaven, Hebrews 9.4, which is our true bread, receive O Queen, our congratulations on account of your dignity and happiness, for which we also thank the Most High, since he has befittingly chosen you for his mother and his tabernacle, we offer anew to you our homage and service, and wish to obey you as vassals and servants of the supreme and omnipotent King, whose mother you are. These protestations and homages of the holy angels, excited in the mother of wisdom incomparable sentiments of humility, gratitude and love of God. For in this most prudent heart, where all things were weighed with the scales of the sanctuary according to their true value and weight, this reverence and acknowledgement of the angelic spirits proclaiming her as their queen was held in high esteem. Although it was a greater thing to see herself the mother of the King and Lord of all creation, yet all her blessings and dignities were made more evident by these demonstrations and homages of the holy angels. 182. The angels rendered this homage as executors and ministers of the will of the Most High. When their Queen and Our Lady was alone, all of them attended upon her in corporeal form, and they assisted her in her outward actions and occupations, and when she was engaged in manual labor, they administered to her what was needed. Whenever she happened to eat alone in the absence of St. Joseph, they waited upon her at her poor table, and at her humble meals.
everywhere they followed her and formed an escort, and helped her in the services rendered to St. Joseph. Amid all these favors and devoted attendance the Heavenly Lady did not forget to ask permission from the Master of Masters for all her operations and undertakings and to implore His direction and assistance. So exact and so well governed were all her exercises according to the plenitude of perfection, that the Lord alone could comprehend and properly weigh them. 183. Besides the ordinary guidance during the time in which she carried in her most holy womb the incarnate word, she felt his divine presence in diverse ways, all admirable and most sweet. Sometimes he showed himself to her by abstractive vision, as mentioned above. At other times she saw and beheld him as he was now present in the virginal temple, united hypostatically with the human nature. At other times the most holy humanity was manifested to her, as if in a crystalline monstrance, composed of her own maternal womb and purest body, this kind of vision afforded special consolation and delight to the great queen. At other times she perceived how the glory of his most holy soul overflowed into the body of the divine child, communicating to it some of the effects of its own blessedness and glory, and how the clarity and light of the natural body of her son, passed over in a wonderfully sweet ineffable and divine manner into herself as mother. This favor transformed her entirely into another kind of being, inflaming her heart and causing in her such effects as no created capacity can explain. Let the intellect of the highest seraphim extend and dilate as much as it may, it would nevertheless find itself overwhelmed by this glory. Proverbs 2527 for the entire being of the heavenly queen was an intellectual and animated heaven, and in her was summarized the divine glory and greatness, in a measure that even the vast confines of the heavens themselves could not encompass. 184. These and other prerogatives alternated and succeeded each other in accordance with the exercises of the divine mother, and such variety as suited the different kinds of work which she performed. All her doings, whether spiritual or manual or otherwise of the body, served her God or benefited her neighbors, being undertaken and accomplished by this prudent maiden to produce a harmony admirable and most sweet before the Lord, and wonderful to the angelic spirits. And when by the disposition of the Most High, the mistress of the world returned to a more natural state, she suffered mortal agony, caused by the force and violence of her love, for to her it could be applied in truth what Solomon says in the name of the spouse, stay me with flowers, compass me about with apples, canticles 2-5, and thus it would happen, that by the piercing wounds of these sweet arrows of love she was brought near to the ending of her life. But in this necessity the powerful arm of the Most High was wont to strengthen her in a supernatural manner. 185 Sometimes, in order to afford her sensible relief, innumerable birds would come to visit her by the command of the Lord. As if they were endowed with intellect, they would salute her by their lively movements, and dividing into harmonious choirs would furnish her with sweetest music, and they would wait for her blessing before again dispersing. This happened in a special manner soon after she had conceived the divine word, as if they wished to congratulate her on her dignity in imitation of the angels. 
The mistress of all creatures on that day spoke to the different kinds of birds and commanded them to remain and praise with her the Creator, in thanksgiving for the creation, and for the existence and beauty given to them, and to sing his praises for their conservation. Immediately they obeyed her as their mistress and anew they began to form choirs, singing in sweetest harmony and bowed low to the ground to worship their Creator and honor the mother, who bore him in her womb. They were accustomed to bring flowers to her in their beaks and place them into her hands, waiting until she should command them to sing or to be silent according to her wishes. It also happened that in bad weather some birds would come and seek the protection of the heavenly lady, and she took them in and nourished them, in her admirable innocence glorifying the Creator of all things. 186. And our weak ignorance must not be estranged at these wonders, for though the incidents might be called small, the purposes of the Most High are great and venerable in all His works, and also the works of our most prudent Queen were great no matter what kind they might have been. And who is so presumptuous as to ignore the importance of knowing how much of God's essence and perfections are manifest in the existence of all the creatures? How important it is to seek Him and find Him, to bless Him and magnify Him in all His creatures, as admirable, powerful, generous and holy. Why should it not be our duty to imitate Mary, who overlooked no time place or occasion, to attain this object? And how also shall our ungrateful forgetfulness not be confounded, and our hardness of heart not be softened? How can our listless heart fail to be aroused, when we see ourselves reprehended and urged for very shame to thankfulness by the irrational creatures? Merely for the slight participation of the divinity that consists in bare existence, they proclaim his praises without intermission, whereas we men, who are made to the image and likeness of God, furnished with the powers of knowing him and enjoying him eternally, forget him so far as not even to know him, and instead of serving him, offend him. Thus it comes that in no way can men be preferred to the brute animals, since they have become worse than the brutes, Psalm 48:13. Instruction given by our Most Holy Queen and Lady. 187. My daughter, you have received my instruction until now in order to desire and strive after the heavenly science which I wish you so earnestly to acquire and which shall teach you to understand profoundly what correct reverence is due to God. I remind you once more, that this science is very hard to learn and little coveted by men on account of their ignorance. For from there, to their great loss, it arises that in conversing with the Most High or rendering Him service or worship, they fail to form a worthy concept of His infinite greatness, and to free themselves from the darksome images of their earthly occupations, which make them torpid and carnal unworthy and unfit for the magnificent intercourse with the supernal deity. And this ill-bred coarseness entails another disorder, namely, that whenever they converse with their neighbors, they do it without order measure or discretion, become entangled in their outward actions, and losing the memory and presence of their creator in the excitement of their passions, are completely entangled in what is earthly. 188. I desire therefore my dearest, that you fly from this danger and learn the science of the immutable being and infinite attributes of God. 
In such a way must you study him and unite yourself to him, that no created being will come between your soul and the true and highest good. At all times and in all places occupations and operations, you must keep him in sight, without releasing him from the intimate embrace of your heart, Canticles 3-4. Therefore I command you to treat him with a magnanimous heart, with decorum and reverence, with deep-felt fear of the soul. And whatever pertains to his divine worship, I desire that you handle with all attention and care. Above all in order to enter into his presence by prayer and petitions, free yourself from all sensible and earthly images. And since human frailty cannot always remain constant in the force of love, nor always experience the sweet violence of its movements on account of its earthly nature, you should seek other assistance, such as will help you toward the same end of finding your God. Such help for instance, is afforded by his praise in the beauty of the heavens and of the stars, in the variety of the plants, in the pleasant vista of the fields, in the forces of the elements, and especially in the exalted nature of the angels and in the glory of his saints. 189. But bear continually in mind especially this particular caution, not to seek any earthly alleviation in any event or in any labor which you are to undergo, nor to indulge in any diversion coming from human creatures. And especially not in those coming from men, for an account of your naturally weak and yielding character, so much adverse to giving pain, you place yourself in danger of exceeding and overstepping the limit of what is allowed or just following more than is proper for the religious spouses of my most holy son, following your sensible likings. The risks of this negligence is incurred by all the human creatures, for if full reins are given to frail human nature, it will not give heed to reason, not to the true light of the spirit. But forgetting them entirely, it will blindly follow the impulse of its passions and pleasures. Against this general danger is provided the enclosure and retirement of the souls consecrated to my Son and Lord, in order to cut off the root of those unhappy and disgraceful occasions for those religious, who would willingly seek them and entangle themselves in them. Your recreations my dearest, and those of your sister religious, must be free from such danger and deadly poison. Seek always those, which you shall find in the secret of your breast and in the chamber of your beloved, who is faithful in consoling the sorrowful and in assisting the afflicted.